I also get the honor to bring up the amazing Pastor Steve Bowen today, who's going to bring the word for us. Steve is absolutely an amazing man who um, just really has a passion for going out and sowing seeds in the community and beyond and just showing the Father's love through practical ways. So I just really appreciate and value Steve. And I know that our coffee shop has been the recipient of some of Steve's just generous, um, just showing Christ's love in practical ways. And it really our staff really does appreciate it, and it makes a difference in their day. So I appreciate it. Yes, thanks. <laughs> well, that was good worship, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, let's just stand for a second. Let's just stand. Okay, just, just hold your hands out and lean into his presence just for a few minutes. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We just declare that you have first place. We declare your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that you choose through what you do in us to reveal your glory. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the day. We thank you for the gift of worship. We thank you this church is worship-centered. And we just give you all the honor and all the glory today, Lord. We just choose to stand here just for a second in silence. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's always good to worship, isn't it? I think uh, one famous man said this, when you don't know what to do, worship. <laughs> That's certainly true. Uh, today we're going to be talking uh, about uh, Go, part of our series is Worship, Grow, Go. And uh, I have really enjoyed the series personally. I've enjoyed listening to different people bring different aspects of different uh, uh, messages concerning worship and grow. I think they've all tied together. Uh, I also really appreciated how long we spent on worship. We spent a long time on worship, and in the midst of that, uh, spending a long time on worship, a lot of things happened. I love the 28 days that we did, and uh, just to worship together, and some, some of us came in here by ourselves, and other people joined together to worship, and we just continued to worship. And to be honest, I felt like that that was really significant. I think it's significant to set aside time to just focus on Jesus and to focus on the Father and to allow the Holy Spirit to bring the awareness of who our Father is to us and who Jesus is to us. That's what his goal. His goal is to love on us. His goal is to just lavish love upon us. I had a, a prophetic painter one time when I was going through some really difficult uh, seasons in my life and she's really known uh, for her prophetic paintings, but she gave me a, a prophetic painting. She said, Steve, this is for you. And it was a picture of Jesus washing someone's feet. And it really touched my heart that uh, Jesus would do that. And he does that with us every day. Uh, I know that he does that for me every day. I go to Jesus every day. And, you know, Peter, when he got, his feet got washed, he said, wash all of me. And Jesus says, no, I just need to wash your feet. You're, you're good. Your feet... feet and the, the symbolism is that, how many of you know that when we go out into the world and do what we do, sometimes our feet every day need to be washed by Jesus. Because we just bump into stuff and we just need, don't need a whole bath, we just need Jesus to come and to, to renew us. Patty said something to me 
that uh, really uh, resonated. We were in here and we had a really good time of worship and the Lord was really moving uh, significantly. And she felt his righteousness. Has anybody ever felt Jesus' righteousness, that he's righteous? And she felt his righteousness and brought a bit of conviction to her heart. And then all of a sudden she realized, this is why I need a Savior. This is why we need a Savior, just to bring uh, his redemption into our lives day by day. Well, worship uh, is in grow and go is really a holistic rhythm. There's a circle up here. And that's really uh, how our lives should be. We should live our lives as worship. And as we live our lives as worship, we allow his presence to come upon us. And the consequence of allowing his presence to be with us, it causes us to grow, causes us to lean into him, causes us to want to know him more, as Steve uh, uh, said. And so we become uh, this part of the circle of worship and of growing. And the byproduct of worship and growing really should be to tell the people around us what Jesus has done for us. That's it. I mean, it's not really complicated. Uh, the gospel isn't rocket science. It's very simple. It's love God, love others, and share with others what Jesus has done for you. That's basically the good news. Now we can all go home, okay? That, that's basically it. But the, that's, that's so important. There's two great commands. We know that. There are two great commands. The two great commands are love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And the second command is this, love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the two commandments that Jesus really brought in for his church to seek to live out as we grow in him and also as we go with him out into our world. And he gave us a, a great commission and uh, what I'd like us to do is to read the Great Commission together, if that's okay with you guys. We could, uh, I don't need Siri on right now. I need my, my uh, where's the button? Where's the button? Oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'd like us to read this because this is the Great Commission. Jesus, when he uh, uh, was, was crucified and risen from the dead, appeared alive for 40 days with many infallible proofs, Appeared to people were 500 at a time. Wouldn't that be a, a blast to have a worship meeting like this and Jesus appeared, you know? Now we worship in spirit, but it'd be wonderful one day he just stood here. I think we would be impacted by it just as the early disciples were. But just before he's getting ready to go uh, to ascend into heaven, he wants to give his church, that's you and, you and me, uh, a commission. And a commission is instruction, a command, or a duty given to a person or a group of people. As a group of people, we're officially charged with a particular function. And the particular function is found in the Great Commission. And so, could we just read this together, okay? And Jesus came up and spoke to them, Young's out loud. Okay. Could you try again? <laughs> Let's try that again. Okay, and Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. Well, that's the Great Commission. That's what Jesus spoke. And if you'll notice, there's some words up there that are in blue. And uh, the blue word is go. And as we go, guess what? Lo, he's always with us. 
And so Jesus is with us in our going. He didn't want us to go by ourselves. He wanted us to go empowered by him to reach to people in our spheres of influence. And so we're supposed to go. Uh, I've discovered a long time ago that the, the messenger, the message is. Sounds kind of like Yoda, doesn't it? The messenger, the message is. But we are the messengers. We embody uh, uh, who we are. We're holistic people. We're body, soul, and spirit. And what Jesus uh, does when he comes in us, in our lives, what he wants to do, he wants to reside in us in such a way that we become the message. We just don't speak the message, but we embody the message, and we live out the message. And uh, that means we adjust our lifestyle and our values and different things like that. And as an end, it's interesting that it, as individuals that we are the message, and also as a church, we are the message. And, and a little bit later, that's where I'm going to be focusing, that we as a church together are the message to our community. And uh, we have been, the church has been for many, many years. But the, what's important to uh, us to understand is that our words, what we say, has power. Have you noticed that? The, oops, excuse me. Have you noticed that, that our words have power? And I don't think sometimes we realize the power of the words that Jesus has given to us to speak. And sometimes when we, when we speak and we speak out, have you ever noticed that whenever you speak wrongly, that you realize how much power your words have? Especially if you're married. You figure that out real quick. But uh, our words have power. So what we, what we say is important. Our actions and what we do has power. And I believe it has just as much power as our word, words have. And I think that uh, actually uh, actions do speak louder than what? Words. And so the way that we act and the way that we behave, all those things are so important because uh, we represent Jesus the King who lives within us. And guess what, guess what else uh, really affects uh, the people in our world? Our attitudes. You ever had a bad attitude? Yeah, I had a bad attitude yesterday, okay? I go to, I'm getting ready to have uh, my number two cataract uh, removed. Uh, this eye here, you can see that I'm wearing glasses. Look, I can poke my finger right all the way through my glasses. See? <laughs> so I, don't have, I don't have a lens in there. Now I can see you. But uh, I went to, this, uh, to the, the store. Yes, actually two things happened that were interesting. But I went to the pharmacy to get my, uh, my medicine. It's really expensive, these drops they give you to put in your eyes. And what I did, I swiped the wrong card. I didn't swipe my health card. I swiped my bank card. And, and after I did it and signed everything, I went, oh, no, I swiped my bank card, not my health card. That's a lot of money. So I went up front and uh, said, uh, I went to the back. And I said, hey, can we swap it? Can I get a refund to get my other card fixed? And they said, uh, no, we can't do that here. You have to go up front. So I walk all the way up front. And I say, hey, I swiped my card. And it didn't, it, it, you know, I'd like to change it so uh, I can use my uh, health savings card instead of this card. Can I do that? She goes, I can't do, you can't do that here. You have to go to the back. So I went all the way back up to the back. I said, hey, can I uh, swap, uh, get a refund for my, my uh, card and everything? She goes, well, what we have to do is we have to give you cash, and we don't have cash, so no, we can't give you a refund for your, your 130 something dollars. And I'm going, I'm going like, attitude. 
I'm glad I had a mask on because you couldn't see my face. <laughs> but anyway, I'm standing there going, oh my gosh, you know, and so I walk all the way back up. So this is my third trip up to, to get the, to the lady. And I, and I bought something I needed, and she goes, uh, would, would they uh, give it back to you? She said, no, they didn't have the money. They said they didn't have the money. She goes, oh, I'm really sorry. I said, yeah, I know I need to change some things. And what I was thinking, I'm changing pharmacies. I'm, <laughs> I, I am dumping this place, you know? And so uh, that, that was my attitude yesterday. So I'm getting, it, getting in the car, and I, and I sit down, and then all of a sudden, this slide goes through my mind. The message, the messenger is. Guess what happened to me? It convicted me that my attitude wasn't all that great. So I had another prescription. By this time, I, I had worked through it all. I apologized to the Lord, got my feet washed. And so I had another prescription I needed to fill. So I called the pharmacy. Said, hey, I'm Steve. I'm the guy that was just in there. I mean, I had a nice voice. I was joyful. You know, I wasn't grumpy. And I repaired the damage. So anyway, I just wanted to let you know that. But that's how it kind of goes, isn't it? Do you live life like that? Do you guys live like that? Have you ever been served by somebody who has a bad attitude? Have you ever done that? How about, have you ever been served by somebody in church that's had a bad attitude? Anybody? No, I didn't see any hands go up, so I'm sure it doesn't happen. But anyway... Uh, that's what Jesus has commanded us to do, is to go and to be the messenger with our love, actions, and our attitudes. And I believe, in my experience, that actions do speak louder than words. People remember what you do far more than sometimes they remember what you say. And so uh, I'd just like to talk to you a little bit about our story. I had two dreams. Can I share two, two dreams with you? The first dream I was with a bunch of leaders, okay? These are church leaders. I was a bunch of leaders, and I was trying to communicate the value of kindness and, and, and good deeds, trying to encourage people to go into their communities, to love people uh, in practical ways so that we could be the message with, and we could be Jesus with clothes on, to touch and to connect with people and to demonstrate his love in a practical way that they not only hear about Jesus, but they also sense Jesus as, as we go. And so I went through this whole thing talking about how Jesus walked and did this, how he manifested the Father's heart to the community where he was by doing good. It says Jesus went around doing good and healing all those who were afflicted of the enemy. So there was two parts. He was doing good, and he was uh, healing people who were afflicted, uh, afflicted by the enemy. And so I began to speak into that and just really encourage people. And at the end of the dream, the, uh, the, the leaders just looked at me, and they looked at me, and they said, where's the chapter and verse on that, man? That was my dream. And I went, I'll tell you, you can read this. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I woke up. And I thought, that was a pretty good dream. I, got, I communicated really well. The second, the second dream uh, happened rec recently. And what happened in this dream was I was really excited. It was Caleb Ingram from Declare. And we were going to a college. I think it might have been Cedarville. It was some kind of college like that with a lot of young people. And and I, I was so excited about going, and so Caleb and I were there, and Caleb spoke, and then they got me up to speak. And I said, I says, hi, I'm Steve Bowen, and I am 72 years of age. I'm 69 right now, so I now have hope for living till 72. So anyway, 
I am 69 years of age, and I want to talk to you about a revival that happened in Pensacola, Florida that wasn't Brownsville. It was before Brownsville. It happened back in the 70s when a revival swept all across America and ended up sweeping through Pensacola, and hundreds of young people met Jesus in Pensacola. There were no big names. I was in my dream. There were no big names. There were just people who were... Uh, uh, young people talking to other young people about come and see. And what happened as a result of that revival, uh, the people did, they began to come and see, and where they came and see were at coffee houses. I was able, and my friends were able to start a coffee house called The Upper Room. And we were having all the kinds of people coming in there from the street, all kinds of people came into The Upper Room where we were, and we were as family. And we, we, we were there, and then sometimes what we would do, there was a surfer, a real famous surfer, he passed away now, but his name's Yancey Spencer, and Yancey Spencer met Jesus, and he influenced the whole beach community and started a, a Bible study called Inner Light Bible Study, and so all, a lot of young people would go there. Open Bible Church, when anything was really happening, that was the happening place was Open Bible Church. There were lots and lots. For some reason, it was like a pool for all these young people. That's where I got baptized, got baptized at Open Bible. And we would just all go there together. We didn't care if it was, if it was Calvary Chapel. We didn't care if it was Liberty Church. We didn't care if it was Upper Room. We just didn't care. We just wanted Jesus because Jesus had radically changed our lives. And, and no, it was, seriously, it was just this message. Come and see what Jesus has done for me. That was the message of that revival. And hundreds and hundreds of people were swept into the kingdom. Out of that, out of that movement came, became Liberty Bible College erupted, where a lot of young people in Pensacola went to Liberty Bible College. I was one of them. I graduated there and, 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 and became missionaries and pastors and teachers sent all over the world because something happened very unique in Pensacola, Florida. It was a sovereign move of God that swept hundreds of young people into the kingdom, and I believe that's the kind of revival Jesus wants to bring today. Yeah. I do. I believe Jesus may not use big names, but I believe that what Jesus may do is touch young people whose hearts have been radically touched by Jesus, and what their message will be, here is my story, and come and see. Come and see. So that was my second dream. That was a really good dream, by the way. And it really gave me hope that I will live till I'm 72 years old. So that was the, the big one. But just want to just mention that the power of influence and the rest of the message is really going to be the power of influence. And I'm so encouraged that as you read scripture, what you begin to see is you see people that are like famous people in the Bible like Joseph or Esther or different people like that that just pop up in scripture Basically, what happens is that God comes on in such a powerful way that they have power of influence to change situations. And that's how the gospel is preached. i was uh, been studying uh, the book of uh, John, and uh, especially John chapter 4, what is, really spoke to me is how many, especially in the Bible, how many women of influence have been able to affect their families and circumstances and even governments in their area. And, and the woman at the well, basically, she is a woman of influence. Do you realize that the Greek, Greek Orthodox Church, the, uh, she's a saint in the Greek Orthodox Church? 
Her, uh, her title was an, as an evangelist. She traveled to Africa. She went to all these different places to share what Jesus had done for her. She came back to Rome. You know why she came back to Rome? Because she heard Nero was killing Christians, and she wanted to get back to Rome to win Nero to Jesus. And the story goes, you know, take it for what it is, you know, the Greek Orthodox tradition. Uh, the story is, is this, that she led all five of her sisters to the Lord and two of her sons with the Lord, and they traveled together. Isn't that amazing? Woman at the well. And then what happened, what's even more interesting to me is that Jesus, he intentionally goes, he stops at this well. He knows he's going to Jacob's well. And Jacob's well signifies the old, and Jesus going to the well signifies the new, that he is the well. He is living water. And when the woman from the well came and began to talk to Jesus, or actually when Jesus began to talk to her, it was quite significant because Jesus knew that he was going to go at just the right time, at just the right time of day to meet this woman because Jesus only did what he saw and heard his father doing. So it was a complete setup for one woman that Jesus knew that the father wanted to affect to bring in her a living well, transferred from him to Jesus, to her. He saw in her gold, which was she would be a living well who would spread the gospel. I believe he saw that in her. And that's why he began to speak to her. Hey, woman, give me a, give me a drink. And then she says, hey, who are you to ask me for a drink? I'm a Samaritan woman. By the way, it's 12 o'clock. I'm here by, by myself. Please don't be hitting on me. You know, think about her perspective, what she was thinking. And we have the advantage of, of reading uh, Scripture and seeing it from different perspectives. But think about her perspective. This, this guy is talking to her who she doesn't know. And the first thing he says is, hey, I thirst. Give me a drink. And then she goes on this long dialogue with Jesus. And guess what happens? As they begin to speak, progressive revelation begins to come into her heart. Progressive revelation begins to see that, that he is a teacher, he's a nice man, begins to understand that uh, he understands Scripture. And then as she begins to, to talk to, to him further, he begins to talk to her about, uh, about uh, her life. He very gently, she says, very gently, she, he says, uh, I, I will uh, talk to you further, but go first t call your husband. And she says, I have no husband. And scripture says, some translation says this, you have answered beautifully. In other words, she was admitting, yeah, I have no husband. And she knew where she was. So uh, Jesus told her, well, the guy you're living with now is not your husband, and you've had five husbands. And then so she diverted. I think I would have diverted at that moment too. Let's talk about worship. <laughs> let's, let's talk about worship for a minute. And then she gets into the whole thing of worship. She gets into all this kind of stuff. And uh, she begins to understand that he's a prophet, and she begins to understand a religious man. And then she begins to understand that who she's talking to was not who she thought she was talking to, that it could be someone that she was looking for, and he was the Messiah that they had been looking for, even in Samaria, and all of a sudden, it, the progressive revelation begins to happen in her heart, and then she says, you know, when the Messiah comes, he's going to tell us all things. 
She's connecting the dots to Jesus, saying, woman, you have had five husbands. This Messiah is going to tell us all things. And then Jesus lowers the doom, and he says, I who speak, am speaking to you am he. Isn't that amazing? So Jesus, Jesus uh, is hanging out there. The disciples come, come and uh, they're, they're all wondering what in the world's going on. And Jesus talks to them and says, I have, I have food to eat that you know not. Talking about doing the Father's will. And that impressed me in the book of John that Jesus was so hungry to do the Father's will that he followed the Father completely. That's where his hunger was. Hunger to fulfill the will of the Father. Well, let's wrap it up with the story. So what, what happens? She goes back into her community, and here's her message. Come and see a man who told me everything that I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And so all the men come, come out of the city. They come to Jesus. Jesus is talking with them. And all of a sudden, they're listening and listening and listening. Then the men of the city persuade Jesus to stay there for two days to talk to him. Two days they stood there, stayed there to talk with Jesus. And then at the end of the two days, this is an amazing, amazing, I love the statement, what these men said. They said, you know what, woman? It says, we no longer believe because of what you said. We believe because we have heard him for ourselves and we know that this man is the Messiah. Isn't that powerful? That's the power of testimony and that's the power of saying, come and see. Just come and experience. Because when people come to experience Jesus, the power and presence of Jesus is quite capable of persuading men that he is the Messiah, the Savior of the world. So that's the mandate that he has given to us. He's, the mandate is to be people who love Jesus to such a degree that when he touches our lives or when he changes our attitudes or we're in community together, out serving the community, we're able to encourage people, come and see, come and hear about this Jesus because he is good news. So I think it's, I think it's very, very uh, encouraging. And, and I love that, that we have power of influence together. Uh, to serve others, to break, uh, break down barriers, to build bridges, to create on-ramps uh, into our community. And uh, there's power, I, I know, in, pe in individuals' lives who, who are uh, given uh, great uh, uh, authority and influence in this church. There are, are people here who, who Jesus has come upon us in such a way that it's at an unusual, unusual Authority and unusual power and unusual uh, influence. And one of these, one of these people that, that I've talked to recently, uh, she's going to come up and just tell her story, basically how uh, she has brought influence into her family. We were talking a couple weeks ago, and she was sharing with me, you know, she said, Steve, you know, I think our family is the first place we need to go to reach people for Jesus. And I said, I think you're right. And then the next three weeks, all I could read about in the Bible was how uh, Andrew brought family, you know, and Jesus had a couple of brothers that were family and, you know, and his crew. And, and so I just want to encourage Destiny to come up and she's going to share with us. Let's give it up for Destiny. <laughs> just want to mention she is a businesswoman who has influence in the community, by the way.
keeps it on? extremely messy in the realm of my family and I felt like the Lord was like this is an area that like this needs more attention than people who you are just meeting right and I love like leading people to the Lord who I'm not family with that's important too but three kind of things that I do they're super practical this isn't like ultra spiritual at all but I brought a couple things I want to show you um so the first thing that I started doing a couple years back is I get a calendar, just like from the dollar store or Menards, and um, I would have brought mine, but it was like, I was rushing out the door, I got here at 10.30. I like the 10.30 service, I think we should petition for that. <laughs> so, um, anyways, I love worship, but um, I get a calendar and I write down everybody's birthday in my family. It's just really practical, and I try to do all the cousins and stuff too. I have a lot of cousins that are like, it's a big family, and so I do my very best, and sometimes I miss something, and I'm always at least have the date there to, like, send the person a message, happy birthday or something, but what I do is I go once a year to the dollar store, and I get a boatload of cards for 50 cents a piece, and what I do with these cards is I just write something special in the card, and if it's in the budget, I'll put, like, a $5 gift card to somewhere I think that person might like, like Taco Bell or something, and it's just a reminder that, like, you're seen and you're loved yes. and your life means something. Yes. And I try to do this for, like, really close friends, too. Sometimes I don't get to that. And sometimes I'll miss the birthday card, but at least shoot them a message. Um, <clears throat> another thing I like to do for birthdays, I love birthdays. I think birthdays are such a big deal. And I, we try to make it a really big deal in our family. Sometimes he's like, that's doing a lot for one day. I'm like, but it's their birthday. They're alive and it's awesome. <laughs> So, like, I want to actually, my dad is here. And so my dad just turned 50. Sorry, dad, you know, I was going to tell a story. Um, but he just turned 50, and he actually hadn't had a birthday party since he was one. And, sorry, dad, don't hate me. He really didn't know I was going to say any of this. But I threw him a surprise ber 50th birthday party, and, like, his brother came from Texas for the birthday. And I've never seen all of his siblings interact so positively than I did that day. Like, they were making, like, clown jokes on each other. And it was just beautiful. And, like, I felt like in such a practical way, the Holy Spirit showed up and was like, hey, like, he, he's important and, like, his life's important. And it's not like these people are, like, projects in your family. You don't have to just, it's like you're just truly loving people just because, like, their life means something, you know? And so birthdays is a way that I really like to show that. 
um, baby showers, anytime like someone in our family's having a baby shower or something, I try to be the first like, I'll throw a party, <laughs> like, or whatever. I just try to make people feel really special in my family circle. Um, what else do I do? So another thing is, um, I'll throw my brother on the spot. He's not here, but my brother, you guys maybe have got to see him a little bit. He used to sit with us, but he lives in Greenville, and so he has found a home church in Greenville, but um, he is recently coming to the Lord, and he just got baptized Sunday, Woo! Easter Sunday, which is so awesome. I know, I'm so happy, but um, he got baptized at his home church in Greenville. It's a really awesome church. It's called EUM, but um, he just was like, he told me, he's like, hey, I'm going to get baptized Easter Sunday if you want to come. I'm like, what? That's awesome. I'm going to invite the whole family. And so I did. I invited the entire family. And so we had like aunts there that I hadn't seen in like, you know, a long time and stuff. So it was really cool. But he was like, I didn't know this was that big of a deal. I was like, you're getting baptized. Like this is a huge deal. And so I think just things like that is just a really practical way. But another thing is I think Steve and I were kind of laughing about he was like, I have certain family members who will call me, and I'm like, uh, they're going to talk forever. <laughs> I'm like, I have family members like that too, but just being available for them. Like, sometimes I will ignore FaceTime calls from my friends because I'm like, look, I ain't got time for that. I love you, but I ain't got time for that. Like, I got animals to feed and gardens to grow. I don't got time to FaceTime you. So, but I feel like I have a different call for, like, when my family calls me, and it's like, Cool. Like, it's not really that important of stuff, but it doesn't need to be. Just being a listening ear to your family, even if they don't give a lick about what you have to say. And most of the time when my family calls me, sometimes they'll ask me how I'm doing, and most of the time they don't. And I'm okay with that because it's not about me. You know, it's about showing them that they're important. And a lot of them in my family, not all of them, but don't have anyone else to talk to. And so I think it's just really important to be the light through being available by listening ear, making them feel important because they are important, even if they don't offer you anything. And so that's the last point I have to make is I have a couple cousins who I don't know if they intentionally leave me out. I don't know if I'm too much for them. I can be a, mu a bit much. And they're kind of introverted, so I don't know if I'm just out there too much. I don't really know what it is, but they leave me out of everything. And so, I, but it doesn't matter because anytime they have like an event is, that's in their life. Like I have one. Um, she invited me to her baby shower, and our whole family sat at one table, and they didn't include me. But I was like all about the games, and I was like, yeah, this is so awesome. And I got her like the best gift, and I was just, it was just so, I didn't have to go in there like expecting something from them. Does that make sense? Like I showed up expecting nothing and loving them. I was there specifically to show you, hey, I know I don't really want to be here. I drove all the way to Urbana to be here, but I love you. This is why I'm here. I love you. And so I think putting yourself aside because family can be so messy and you can harbor offenses from your family, but like you yeah. have the opportunity to be a light by pushing the messy aside and to just love them and yeah. to have no agenda. But messy, I think addressing messy sometimes is important too. And sometimes I do that, but sometimes it's not a good time to address messy and whatever. So that's really it. It's just really practical. But I hope that encourages you guys to know that, like, you can be a light in that area. So. Well, we're trying to make this a little bit, a uh, little bit uh, practical. Now I want to just brag on some people. Is that okay? 
This is, I'm not really preaching today. You figured that out by now? Steve's not preaching. He's talking and trying to preach a little bit to the woman at the well. But anyway, I'd just like to show some pictures here of some people that have really uh, done things well here. And uh, I'm, I'm always amazed on how much uh, these guys uh, here, if we could get the next slide going, is it going to work? We're gonna, there we go. These guys here have really impacted my life. Uh, basically, I owe my uh, whole of my years in my later 60s till now to Aaron specifically, who rescued me as a beat-up old puppy dog and has been, been putting me back together over the last three years or so. So, but I've also gotten to know uh, Matt a bit and just love his passion and his pow uh, power that he has. And his, he, even he's, he's got a really godly ambition in his heart to be what God has called him to be. And so he steps out into areas where some of us might not step out into his, his, uh, his words and action uh, really uh, speak loud, loudly, uh, helping uh, drug addicts and different people like that and get them straight and stuff. So Matt, you've done a great job, man, and uh, you're very prophetic and very strong, and, and, and God is using you uh, in a deeper way than I think you could ever imagine. I think your influence and your, your, you are the message, and you embody that message so well. And it challenges us when we, we th hear your passion, when you speak here, it just challenges us to say, yeah, we, we gotta live this, and they live it. You know, Amy and Matt, they live it. This, they're the real deal. And then uh, a senior and Patty there, I had a really great time of getting able to meet a senior at the, we had a leader's retreat. We spent a lot of time together and very, very powerful just listening to all of his stories. And, and uh, he's the, uh, he had a shirt on when we were at the retreat and, and it's on, on the tree, it said, uh, real tree, <laughs> R-E-A-L tree. And I told him, I said, you are the real tree. You're the real tree and Psalm one, I gave you Psalm one that your leaf would not wither and I can't believe how energetic you are. City Commissioner, that is our City Commissioner for Troy. And just amazing, uh, just, just, just how he has done that. And I just wanna let you know, it's an honor to be here, to be with generational influence that is evident in this church, in this community. I'm telling you, it's a rare thing to be able to be part of that. And my big thing in my heart is like, Jesus, don't let me blow it. Jesus, don't let me blow it. Because I don't want to mess up what they, <laughs> they've done really well. But uh, Senior, you are the real deal. And uh, I, I just think we need to honor Senior today for who he is. Really, stand up, give him honor. Thank you, John. Woo! Woo! Yeah. And uh, I really prayed. I said, Lord, I don't want to be a flattery person today. I want to be a real person, and that's sincere out of our hearts. I mean, the stories he has told. He's had hundreds of people to Jesus. And I'm not going to tell you the story about him getting ready, wanted to baptize somebody who's a little bit overweight. I'm not going to tell you that story. But uh, <laughs> we'll keep that in private. And then, then, we, then we have Aaron on, on this end, and we all know Aaron. We all love Aaron if you've been here, but I don't think that we know exactly everything that Aaron's influence does. He influences a lot, a lot of people, a lot of businesses, a, lot, a whole bunch of stuff. He just does it, does it so well. And he had the, these guys had the opportunity of being met with one of the main speakers 
at the uh, new fire department that's being placed into the uh, city of Troy just this last week. And then Aaron was there. He's able to do the prayer. So Aaron's praying there. But isn't that, isn't that awesome that we have that ability that being a, a church like that? And it, it's not, not, just, not just the guys, but Cheryl, you know, businesswoman, worship leader. She, I mean, she, she really helped birth worship in this place. She really helped birth this thing. And so, you know, I want to I want to I want to tell on her what she told me before service. She goes, "Yeah, we were building the building." They said, "Yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have this huge office. It's gonna be a mega office." And then they came back to her, "Hey, Cheryl, we had to shrink your office a little bit, but it's still huge." And then they came back to her, and she goes, "They said, well, Cheryl, that's your office. It's a closet." <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but she's part of that family. This is, you know, her and Walt, you know, her, her husband. They're doing amazing things with their new business and taking strides out. And, and Leah and Robert, Lord, just another great group of people. I mean, Leah's done so much. I mean, it's just like decorating the stage. I mean, everything that you guys don't see. Like she does all stage design. She does all these kind of things. She just very practical. She is passionate for cancer uh, care. And that's a ministry of the church, cancer care, because of the, the family connection to loss and cancer through their mother and wife. And so that's the family. And, and, and I'm, not gonna even, I'm not apologizing for doing this today. The Word of God says give honor to those whom honor is due. And we just want to say we honor you. We just honor you today and say thanks so much. We have literally touched hundreds and hundreds of uh, people that over this last year, so I'm just giving a brief report. I hope this is okay. It's not really a preach, but I just want to brag on you guys a little bit. It was interesting that Nicole decided to go to, go, uh, to really bless the school systems. We had a long talk, and we, we were talking about where is the best influence giving in a community, and we agreed it's the school system. You want to affect the community, begin to affect the school system. Begin to serve the schools, and guess what? All kinds of other things open up because of that influence into a school is power because there's families, there's teachers, there's all kinds of things going on, and it's just power. So she decided, uh, in, and I thought it was amazing, to give a gift card to 320 employees of the school system. That's everybody from the janitor, okay? all the way up to the, the superintendent of the school system. She walks in with 320 cards for grounds for pleasure, and every person, the 320 card, cards, was for every person for one cup of coffee at grounds for, for pleasure per month. Per month. 3,842 cups of coffee. That's a lot of coffee potential. And she gave that to the school, and I, I have been doing this kind of stuff for a really long time, and I could not believe the overwhelming response that we got back from the school system. That letter right there, that's from this school superintendent who took the time to write a letter uh, to thank us, and all the schools sent their own personal cards, teachers sent cards, all this stuff, just because we're out influencing people in the community, which is where we're supposed to be. You know, we, we are the light of the world, and guess what? We're supposed to let our light shine in such a way as men see our good deeds to so give glory to the Father uh, through the Son. 
And, and then what popped up uh, on my radar is that, that we made uh, the, the, the uh, newspaper of Tip City. Here's Tip City's newspaper. We've got two reports. They're really great. We have uh, a new board member at, at Tip City, uh, 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 in Tip City for the, uh, uh, <coughs> what, what is that? <laughs> yes, uh, they, uh, Tip City uh, Partnership. They announce uh, board officers. And this is after uh, the other news article. Is there another one up there? Or did I take it out? Yeah, there's another one where downtown businesses benefit from the DTCP uh, 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 <coughs> funding that they gave, the government gave, and we, we benefited from that, the employees at, at Grounds for Pleasure. Isn't that awesome? And so Grounds of Pleasure has been really like an influence in the community for good. And uh, that's where the gift cards for the teachers are. So they're all going to Grounds for Pleasure, where Grounds for Pleasure has this family atmosphere, has this connection atmosphere, and uh, Tiana is part of this in a huge, huge way. And to quote Tiana in the, the second uh, uh, newspaper report, the real reason we exist, exist is to cultivate an environment where people can connect with each other. And they quoted her verbatim in the newspaper. And then they were going to set in officers for uh, the partnership. And guess who they chose to be vice president? Tiana Lambert. <laughs> Woo! Stand up, Tiana. <laughs> anyway, I, I think that is amazing, and uh, I've, I've known Tiana for, since I've been here, got to do a mission trip with her, and again, she's the real deal. I mean, you heard her today, her passion for Jesus, she's the real deal. Folks, this is salt and light in the community. This is what we're about. This is what we should be about. This is what we should be excelling even more. Uh, to reach into our community because when we reach our community, guess what happens? People begin to want to come and see that maybe this Jesus is real because they see enough evidence in us through our good deeds that maybe they can believe. That makes sense? Okay, let's uh, zip through a few real quick before we wrap it up. And uh, we got that was last year at this time. Aaron came with an idea, let's serve the community, let's serve food. So 75 people showed up, families, that's not just people, 75 families showed up on the day. You guys outgave yourselves. It was crazy the amount of food that came in. And then we had a team that was here to be able to give all this food away in the, park, in the parking lot that day. I want to encourage you with a story, just especially from the parking lot, that there was a couple that they pulled in, they, they were Hispanic folks, and they couldn't speak English. We had an interpreter that went over and began to talk to them, led them to Jesus, led them to Jesus. Because, because God is so good, he knew Hispanic people were gonna be coming here that needed to be talked to, and they had one person who was fluent in Spanish could be able to lead them to Jesus. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? And then we went out and we gave away uh, turkey dinners, 75 turkey dinners, which is crazy. Uh, Christmas time, we had 29 families supported, two other agencies to make Christmas just a little bit easier during the pandemic, by the way. Just want to mention that. And I had the privilege of delivering a lot of this stuff. And the, what, when, when, when Nicole says, hey, we're going to adopt 29 families and we're also going to help uh, two other agencies. And these are all the hundreds of items that we're going to be needing to have for Christmas time. I just stood there and my eyes glazed over and I thought, that's what I would have done for year three, not year one. 
But you know what you guys did? You brought it all in. There wasn't one item that was not brought in to affect people at Christmas time because of your generosity and you stepping up to really say this is important during this time that these families and other agencies can have goods to help kids this Christmas, especially during the pandemic. Can we give ourselves like a lot of applause for that? And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep going on. Uh, this last Easter, we we were able to raise money for the the Russian kids, Russian kids for SOAR. Uh, you guys did it again. Our goal or our goal was 50 kids. You guys did it. We brought in $2,072, and all all 50 were were connected. And that's for Easter. By the way, in the Greek in, in Russia, yeah, you ought to play on that one. In Russia, Easter's in May. So everything that you brought in, gather, was going to soar. So these kids coming up in May are going to get all these letters, all these gifts that you've given this Easter in Russia. Isn't that cool? That, is just, that just blows me away. And then uh, kind of lastly, uh, not lastly, but almost lastly, I just want to thank you guys for doing crazy stuff that I have you guys doing through uh, kindness explosions, love explosions and those different kinds of things, kindness to go, taking hundreds of items out this year. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people have, have taken items out. My favorite story of this year's Easter one, I haven't heard too many stories, but a lady came up to me and she said, yeah, I really felt like I needed to go through the beer drive through and give the vase away to the lady that worked there. <laughs> oh, man, that's such a good idea. So anyway, she went through the beer drive through gave, gave, her, gave her the vase, and the lady just went, wow, that is so nice of you to do that for me. That was so nice. And, and she just got uh, enamored with it. So anyway, she's sitting at home with her, her a bag. She had a bag. She's sitting at home, and she's waiting, waiting on the Lord and, uh, before she took it. And she felt like the Lord says, take the bag back to the lady that you just served. And so she picked it up, put it in her car, drove back to the lady who she served, pulls up. And I don't know what she bought. I mean, you know, the beer barn. I don't know what she bought. But anyway, she maybe got milk. Anyway, she uh, came up and then says, hey, I was just thinking about you again this week. I'm going to give you this bag of goodies just to let you know that Jesus loves you. And the lady went, I just can't. You know, she just went, it blew up with joy because she didn't, couldn't believe that someone would care enough for her to come back twice to serve her and to love her. She goes, I want to check out your church. And she says, yeah, that would be a good idea. Okay, then the last thing I want to talk about is just that we also do this in missions. Aaron and Nicole, I wish they were here just to honor them. But they, they're the real deal, too, and their kids are. And so what they tend to do is take all their family out on mission trips. And they just returned from Mexico to our sister church in Mexico. They just went down there, like, for th three days, flew down for three days, two days with them, a couple of family days, and flew back. Isn't that crazy? All that, just to go in and say, hey, we love you. We, we're so glad that you're our sister church, and we just can't wait till this pandemic stuff gets over so we can send a team down just to love on you and to care for you. I just think that is huge. I think that's just huge from, from Aaron. So you, don't tell him because uh, he, he'll be embarrassed, I'm sure. Okay. No, he wouldn't be embarrassed. That's all. All right, let me just uh, wrap this up. On your notes, can you see your notes there? Would you grab your notes if you got one? If you have it there, I'd like just to give you uh, three tips, and then we're going to do a fun uh, activation, all right? That would be pretty fun, and it's not going to be long. Influence really opens doors for the good news, and, uh, and really 
the message that you have is how Jesus changed your life. That's the message you have. You are the message. And you don't need to have a lot of flouty, uh, flowery words. You just need to tell Jesus that when you were lost, you were found. When I was depressed, I, I became un undepressed. When I was lame, I walked. When I was blind, I see, you know, all those different things. Those adjectives. It's how Jesus changed your life. That's the influence you have. And so I, I've looked at the life of Jesus, and, and the life of Jesus as an evangelist in particular was that he had, had an awareness, if you look at your notes, there's an awareness that was upon his life. He was aware of his father's uh, will and father's voice, and he only did what he saw and heard his father doing. But he also lived in awareness of what was going on around him. Remember the woman who pushed through uh, to be healed of the, her issues when she's pushed through just to touch the hem of his garment? He was aware. He became aware because he felt power flow from him to her, and he stopped, and the whole crowd, well, who, who touched me? He had an awareness of the Father. He had awareness of people. He's walking down the road, and he sees a guy up in a tree. He had an awareness that there was a guy who really wanted to see him, his name, you know, the name of Zacchaeus. And so Jesus says, hey, let's go over to your house today. We're going to have dinner, and got to walk with Jesus in a place of honor because he was aware. And that brings to point number two is noticing, just noticing things that are going on in your life, as you do life, you have influence. What, what, are, you, what are you doing with your influence? And uh, sometimes the influence is like uh, just noticing uh, the Lord's voice or hearing the Lord, Lord's voice, and then, then lastly, acting on what you hear. That's all, it's not it's complicated. Having an awareness, you know, being open for business. Every day, wake up, say, Jesus, today I am open for business. Help me to notice what I don't notice. Help me to see what I don't see. Let me see what you are seeing. And oh, by the way, Jesus, I will act on what I see. That's the key right there. I will act on what I see. I, can't I can tell you stories that have happened to me when that, that happens. And I think the neighbor thing is really important. I just feel the Lord's uh, anointing on it with destiny shared. And this, is, this happens to all of us. I have a new neighbors. They just moved in. And I uh, was able to say hello to them, you know. Now they know me, so they're sitting on their front porch. I walk around to go to my apartment. They go, hey, Steve, how you doing? I go, hey, how are you? And the other day I wanted to go outside and sit on my patio. I have a little patio. And I, was, I just wanted to go out there and chill. And guess what? I had a three-hour conversation from me wanting to chill, had an awareness that my neighbors wanted to talk. So one neighbor, I talked to her for an hour. Another neighbor, I talked for an hour. And then there was another neighbor. She's 82. I live in, the, in, a, in, in a, me as an old people's residence. But anyway, she was on a step ladder in her apartment. She fell at 82 and busted her shoulder and tore a tendon. And then she's, gonna, she's better, getting better re rehabs, helping her. And then she was so excited that she was able to travel to see her son in Denver. She was just so excited about that, to be able to see the kids and be with them even in the midst of the pandemic. So I had a really great talk with her, and, and it was just wonderful. And then she, she went in, in uh, to got in her car and drove away, and I'm standing there going, oh, God, I should have prayed for her shoulder, you idiot. You know, you guys ever think like that? Should have, should have done this. So anyway, I really prayed about it. So Lord, I really like to pray for her before she goes to Denver. And so I get up one day, and I... Uh, got to go pay my sister's rent because she's disabled and can't pay her rent. So I got, got her checkbook, got my checkbook, and uh, 
was, no, I didn't get my checkbook. I got in the car to go pay and realized, oh, I don't have my checkbook. So I had to turn around, come back, get the checkbooks, come down. Guess who's out, just comes out of her door? My neighbor. And so I go, go over, able to talk with her and say, hey, I'd really, uh, I heard about what was going on uh, with your shoulder, and I know that you're leaving uh, today to go see your, your son. Can I, could I pray with you? She goes, you, you want to pray with me? I said, yeah. And so I said, can we pray? And she just held her hand out. And I thought, oh, I like that. I love that when people put their hand out. So I grabbed her hand and just prayed a short prayer for her. Ask Jesus to be with her, to keep her. And by the way, Jesus, I speak to that shoulder and ask you to just bring healing to that shoulder in Jesus' name. And I, I, uh, I let go, and she looked at me. She goes, what church do you go to? I thought, I like that question. So anyway, you have a sticker on your, on your uh, you can pull that off. You got a little sticker. It says open for business. You see that? little bitty sticker on your notes. If you don't have one, there's it out it there. What I want you to do this week for an activation is I want you to wake up one day and really tell Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm open for business. And then what I'd like you to do, which is really, really brave, put it somewhere where you'll see it or you can wear it all day. And just really that one day to say, Jesus, I woke up today I am open for business. Help me to notice. Help me to have awareness and help me to act on what you show me. Will you do that? And I hope you will because uh, we are commissioned. Does that make sense? Okay. Lastly, we're going to do something fun. We're going to turn out all the lights, okay? So if you're scared of the dark, it won't be for long. But all the lights are going out. I want to do an illustration. Can someone get the lights up there at the top? Shut those, the backlight there. Somebody could uh, open that left door and let it shut. Oh, the right door, sorry. Yeah. That'll work. Anyway, it's close. All right, there we got it. Okay. And if these could go out at the end. Oh, cool. And those could go out. Woo! Okay. We are the, wait, get your phones. Jesus said, wait a minute. Jesus said, we are the light of the world. And when he said, we are the light of the world, that word, you're the light of the world, do you know what that, that, that word your means, it means plural. It means all y'all. All y'all are the light of the world. Okay, everybody turn off their phones. What burns brighter, one person's light or everybody's light? Everybody's light. Well, that's what I want to commend to you all today. You can turn the lights back on. Is that Jesus says that we, as a church, together, are the light of the world. We together. And uh, we can do more together than we can do just by ourselves. And what I've hoped to do today is to bring some encouragement to you, what you've already done and what you continue to do, to honor some people who deserved honor today, who are influences in our community. But I, I just want to encourage you that wherever you are, you are an influence. You are. The 
biggest influence you can be is the reason why we had destiny up is your family. That is your biggest influence. That is my biggest influence. Right now, it's my, my wife, my children as well, but when I had them with me, that was the, those were the ones I needed to influence the most. And then beyond that, where you're working is your influence, is your sphere of, of ministry. And then in your community, that's your sphere of ministry. Well, I hope this is okay today, guys. I really wanted to share my heart. I didn't want to really preach today. I just wanted to really kind of encourage you that we are the light of the world. And uh, this, this, this uh, whole thing of go, it's not just go as individuals, it's go together. Go together. Yes, sir. you guys really encouraging and uh, what I'd like to do it's like you know Jesus paid it all and he's worthy of it all and he's the one that brought somehow think about it somehow you're here because someone said come and see you're here because someone told you a story you're here because the Holy Spirit pulled on your heart and you're here guess what the word of God says no one comes to the father uh, unto Jesus unless the Father draws him. And no one can know the Father unless Jesus reveals him. Isn't that amazing? No one. And so if you're here today, someone spoke to you that drew you to the Father's love and also began to draw you to Jesus, the one who connects you to wipe away all your sin, wipe away all your stuff in your life. That's what Jesus promises to do. Many of us here can testify to that. And if you have never asked Jesus into your heart, this is the day to say, Jesus, I just, like, like Keanu said, we just give it all to you. I just get, Jesus, here I am. You see it all, you know it all, you know everything about me. And Jesus, I ask you to come in my life and just save me. Just save me. Make me something that you can uh, use. Just choose to do that. And today, guess what? If you choose to do that, Jesus will definitely come. He will visit you. He will touch your heart. So if you need prayer, there'll be some prayer people up here. And uh, if you don't need prayer, I just encourage you, don't forget your sticker. This week, make sure you wear it or put it somewhere so you can be open for business. So one last thing I'd like to do, follow him gloriously. I think Jesus is worthy of it all. And I think what we need to do is give him a shout, attitude of gratitude for what he's done through us together as a church. And as individuals, can we just give him a shout and a clap? Thank you!